Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Straightforward Farming Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Reed, alongside Nick McCormick and two other special guests in-house. Tonight, we're doing our very first double collaboration podcast. What do they call this in the entertainment world? Like, what are we doing? So, basically, this podcast will be on Nick and I's, and then our wives actually have a podcast called The Unfiltered Farm Wives. If you guys have never listened to that, you've been on this for a year, probably? Probably close uh, to it. Yeah. It'll Something be like this that. summer. I think May or June was our first one. Yeah. yeah so, so almost a year. So it's called the Unfiltered Farm Wives. And they put out, uh, you probably two a month-ish. I one mean, or two. It's about roughly. like Nick and I's. They don't make it every month. Or I, I don't guess you do. Um, we're, no, ours you is, don't listen. Ours is really hit <laughs> miss. We do. Yeah. We do. Sure you do. As Kelly's laughing at our intro music, she's like, what's this? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thanks for tuning in, Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, anyway, this will be on both. So we're joined by our wives. So this will be on both sites. So yep. All right. go okay. listen to it on both. Rack up them views for everybody. Yeah. Right? I like how you introduce yourself and Nick, and you don't let Nick introduce himself. Well, normally he does. Normally I do. Oh, okay. I, if you'd listen, Carolyn, you'd know. Yeah. Normally I do. He was yeah. being extra courteous to you fine young ladies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oops, sorry. Yep. So what do you guys want to talk about? I don't know. What do you want to talk about, Tony? Let's talk about if we would have grown up differently. Like, had I grown up full-on white trash from a hateful household where my dad beat my mom every day. Like, mm-hmm. like I would have took white trash to a whole new fucking level. <laughs> like, these people today wouldn't even have known what white let's, trash let's was. Let's take a pause here. We were on our way home from Easter dinner. And what did you tell our kids on the drive? Oh, my mom and dad. Yeah, because we were asking Cora what she wanted to be when she grew up. Because first she wanted to be a dental hygienist and a teacher. She's 10 years old, almost 11. And, and then she finally settled on a chiropractor. That's what she wants to do. I'm like, well, kids, when I was your age, my mom and dad told me I could be anything I wanted. So I became an asshole. And they thought it was absolutely hilarious. They thought That's it was great. exactly what he told our kids. And they all died laughing. And I was like, oh, my gosh, trauma. We're yeah. going to have to go to therapy for this. Yep. But no, talking about this, like the white trash broken household deal. And people find this hard to believe. I've never, ever, and Nick will back me up, I've never, ever, ever done a drug. I've never smoked pot. I've never done any of that stuff, me ever. Me neither. And part of the reason why is because I've got, like, an addictive personality. Like, if I'd have done it once, I'd have took it to the next level, and it would have got out of control, which, I mean, that ain't the whole reason, just... I never really had the desire. We weren't really around yeah. it much. My parents yeah. would have absolutely yeah. killed me. It was just a different time. Done. Like, you just did not yeah. do that. But had in I got, our household. Had I got mixed up in the wrong crowd, it, it probably would have went way off the rails for me, more than likely. But well, I don't think it I ends good for anyone. No. <laughs> no, I don't think so. What I've seen. Yeah. But do you ever stop and wonder why God put you where, you know, why didn't I grow up in Sudan living in a hut? You know what I mean? Why? Yeah. Why did I get put here yeah absolutely you know and so that's why i've always felt like i i i find it hard to believe that this person was put on this earth to go punch a clock eight to five and make dixie cups all day and he works till he retires and then he just dies i'm like that was your life that's why you were here i find that hard to believe i think think you gotta take it to the next level okay so i will agree with that but i also think sometimes you, how do I want to word this? Um, sometimes your role in life is maybe you're not the one doing amazing things, but you're supporting someone who's doing amazing things or you're raising oh, kind someone. Kind of like you do with me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
hey, I'm, for real, for real. Um, or you're raising someone who's going to do amazing things. I never negate that what I do on a, if you look at my life compared to other people's, I'm not doing anything grand or amazing or oh, anything I, like that. I agree. And I'm not saying but everybody has to that, be the next Garth Brooks. Right. But I just feel but like I think sometimes you are placed on earth. So my job is to, and this is just all whatever. So I'm going to raise our three kids, support you to do X, Y, Z. You are going to do something in your life that's going to influence somebody else who's going to do something amazing. Or I'm going to raise our kids. Henry's going to marry somebody who's going to do something who's going to do something amazing. You know, you. You can't get caught up in the, oh, well, I need to do something amazing with my life. I'm not doing anything. I'm just raising my kids and supporting my husband. But there's great things in doing that. No, I agree. I, and I get enjoyment things. out of that. What do you want? Uh, Kelly's dying to get yes. in on this. What do you Go got? <laughs> well, <clears throat> I think that in today's culture, in our world, there's this whole message of you're, you're wasting your life. You're wasting your potential if you don't do something amazing or if you don't raise somebody who's going to do something amazing. But I had a pastor once in a Sunday school class that as we were reading whatever chapter and verses, et cetera, you know how in the Bible you get to like, there's 20 verses of, I'm going to call them the begats. Mm -hmm. So-and-so begats, so-and-so, so-and-so begats, so-and-so. And And he said, do not ever underestimate the begats because he goes, what that tells you is that God plays the long game. And Mm -hmm. while you know, Ezekiel, you know, I'm like, no, a little fat, you know, whatever, whoever did not do something amazing or his kid did not do something amazing. God had plans 10 generations down for that person to do something amazing in the world of Christianity. And so your role was to raise the family around you and to be the person that God called you to be to enable 10 generations later Mm -hmm. that this very impactful thing happened. So don't ever underestimate you know, the butterfly effect, the the long game that God has in play. The begats are very, very important. I agree. And uh, yep. I think, too, like, I mean, I we all get stuck in this rut, and you just go through life, and you do it, and, and mm-hmm. most of us aren't so-called great, yeah. you know, life-changing people for other people. But I do feel like you've, you've got to constantly sort of seek that out to make your life, and th- this th- it's going to sound really bad, and I don't mean it this way, but you got to make it worthwhile. It's like I say, I've, I totally get what you're saying as far as, you know, it might be my great, great, great grandkid that done mm-hmm. something great and I had to be here in order to make that happen. Yeah. But I do think you you got to reach higher that there's more to life than just punching a clock eight to five and then this was all I did and I died. You know. I agree I, with I, that. But I also think that <clears throat> too many people get hung up on the, well, I, I need to I need to have this goal and this goal. I need to constantly seeking to do X, Y, Z. And if I'm not, then I'm, I'm not good enough and blah, blah, blah. Where, you know, sometimes just playing the role I'm playing, yes. it seems mediocre, but I'm, I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Absolutely. Did you guys know Nick is on this podcast? What do you got to say? <laughs> I'm just taking it all in. I forgot where I'm supposed to be in life here. You're a begatter. Yeah. You're a begatter. Yeah. with me. You're, Not as much you as I want you know, to begat some more. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm too old. I'm like, I got a lot of begat to do, but I guess not. Uh-huh. And I think, it, I think everybody's life's, if we're going to use the word amazing, in some way, shape, or form, 
hopefully to them, but not to them a lot of the times. But to other people, like you said, this guy in Sudan, the hut, he'd kill to have an eight to five yeah. job sure. in a in a house somewhere or whatever. So it's mm-hmm. all about perspective. And, and I think that's sort of where I'm coming from. That you know, we've already got so much at our fingertips here. Yeah. It's like don't waste it. You know, because this guy over here would kill to have what we have. Yeah. So I'm not saying go out and just change the entire world, but no. don't don't just muddle through life that well this is all there is i think a lot you know if we're looking at grand pictures and a lot of people that end up in that scenario okay i think a lot of that is the stability and the fear of change you kind of get stuck in this rut and it's like well i'd change jobs but i'm only 10 years from retirement and i get yeah i got this pension so it's not what i really it's not my passion in life a lot of people don't don't work in their passion Mm -hmm. they they work to pay the bills but they're not working in their passion. And it's a rare person that their passion actually pays their bills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that's probably what we should more strive for. But I, 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 I think that that's way. why a society, a lot of people are unhappy because yeah. I don't really want to do this job, but I'm stuck here and it pays the bills and I guess I'll do it. You know, look, well, look at farming. Look at farming. <coughs> for the amount of investment that you put in that, both time and financial and the risk, this, that, and the other, you could do a million other things that would pay better. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're willing to borrow a million dollars of input money to put out your crop for, you know, however many acres, you could borrow a tenth of that and probably start a small business, Yeah, throw some videos up on TikTok and start selling, yeah. you know, flugel binders and make up, uh, make a, a better living. But it's the, it's the passion, it's the love for the actual act of what you're doing that makes it enjoyable. I agree. Yep. I totally agree. Yeah. And, so, And you see the people that are, are going after all that stuff all the time. And what I've noticed from those people is it's never good enough. If they're that goal-oriented and they're that, greed's not the right word, but once they get to a certain level of income, like that's all they can focus on, and everything becomes about the dollar. Yeah, because we've talked about... I can't eat chicken wings today because today they're 40 cents a day. And if they can sell them for 10 cents on Tuesday, I'm not eating chicken wings today because they're making too much money off of that. Who cares? I hope the restaurant's making money off of them. Like. The ten cent wing day, they're losing money on them. That's to get you in to drink the five dollar beer, you know. Yeah, because like, we've all talked whether it's Warren Buffett, Musk, you know, take your pick. That it's easy for us to sit here and say, "Well, man, if I had a hundred billion dollars like they got, you know, I'd lay on the beach somewhere, or whatever." And that's the you know, most of yeah. us would collapse if you followed any of them guys around yeah. for twenty four hours. It's just go, go, go. And I think, and maybe Musk is a little bit of the rule to the exception. Because he's actually physically building stuff where a Buffett, I mean, he's got company, but he's the investor. You know, yeah. he, he's not physically doing it. Where I think then it becomes a challenge of, okay, I've got all the money, but now I want the satisfaction of actually changing the world. You yeah. know, Musk trying to put people into space or mm-hmm. electric cars or yeah. we'll take your pick with whatever he's doing. And so I think then it becomes a challenge of now I want to do this just to see if I can do it. Yeah. You know, at some level, like I think it, you know, kids are this way. Okay. My child wants to come to your house, and that's all they want. So I bring them over here. Then what do they want? Well, then they want to go somewhere else. So they want to do something else. It's like, no, 10 minutes ago, this was the only thing you wanted to do this evening. Now it's got to be another level and another level. Like, they're never sat- never satisfied that way. And I see that a lot with the, I'll call them. The super entrepreneurs. Yeah, or not even that. Just, like, people that I know that are, are somewhat local or somewhat in my group. Highly driven. That are, that are fairly well off, like. They cannot focus on anything other than that. Mm-hmm. And they don't enjoy any of what they've got. No. So, meanwhile, the guy that's punching the clock eight to five, when he clocks out, 
he doesn't have those worries to worry about. He can actually enjoy going home and mowing the yard or going, you know, doing whatever. Well, there's other people like, I got to get this done because I got five other things that I can probably make $5 off of. And you can you know? see it too that once you so. get so big, it literally becomes a full time job managing what you have now. Yes. How do I not lose it all through taxes and regulation yeah. and just stupid stuff? Yeah. And so I don't know. And I've always used this example too because it's easy to sit here right now as us just common folk that ain't millionaires by any means. You know, we sit here and say, man, you know, if, if I just had $3 million, you know, that'd just be so awesome. I travel, I do this, I do that. But you do see how once you get so much money, and I've always used the analogy of if I'm in a tractor with no radio in it, and it's like, man, I'd give anything to have my phone, something to listen, anything. Yeah. So then you finally get in your pickup truck and you got your iPod there with you with a thousand songs on it. And you just scroll one after another. You yeah. know, the first 10 seconds of this one, you just scroll yeah. and you, you're never satisfied. No. Now I've got it all right here in my hand and you just keep That's scrolling. Kelly, I never listen to the end of a song. Yeah. It drives me crazy. <laughs> Especially it's, if I start singing the song, that is a surefire sign. Nick's going to flick, <laughs> scroll past it. Next. He's like, yep. Don't want to hear yep. first sing that. Like, we don't hear city. And he's like, next. <laughs> I was but, all ready but it's to... the same as, think about when you, so years ago we had cable TV. You had... 300 plus channels of stuff to watch couldn't find anything to watch so you cancel it so then you get netflix and amazon prime or whatever you have millions of videos to watch and you can't ever find anything you're never satisfied but the years that we didn't have any of that and we just had local tv we watched some of the best tv Mm -hmm. ever yeah because we we had five channels so you found something to be satisfied with and i I think the real shock as far as having like (laughs) tons and tons of money would be it's different if you started out like an Elon Musk, whoever, you kind of done something, and first you was worth $5 million, then you went to $20 million, you know, yeah. and it, it kind of kept growing versus I'm the average Joe working the factory, and I just hit the Powerball for $1.3 billion. I took home $700 million. Yeah. Now, what do you do? You know, how, do you, how do you wake up the next morning thinking, I've got $700 million. What am I going to do today? Yeah. That's got to be weird to, it, to do that. It would be completely opposite as, of – growing along and then ending up with totally. 700 million totally like, like I say once you get all that stuff then all that stuff eats so it all has to be cared for and maintained and so on and so forth i think though that like let's pretend i played the lottery and tomorrow we win a million dollars like obviously i pay off our debts i donate to different schools foundations etc but i don't think that i would be satisfied with just sitting and doing any nothing like no, I, would I wouldn't have to do something like I would, whether in, in Joe Biden's economy, girl in a million dollars, not going to get you. Very <laughs> <laughs> you're you're going to go to work by the end of next I week. I can assure you a million <laughs> you dollars bought, would do a lot for me. You bought 60 acres today. <laughs> well, <laughs> yep. guess I'm still going to work tomorrow. <laughs> yep, that's but over. like I'm, I'm the personality type. Like I am very self-motivated. I'm always looking for like, okay, what's the next thing i want to conquer on my to-do list what's the next thing you know so i don't know that i would just be like oh well here i am and we have no debt and i can do whatever i want i i would still have to do something yeah i would too i i don't know what that something would be right i would do the same things i do now i would just like not to have to do them for profit or for other people i could just you wouldn't feel like i'd like to not feel like i have to do that versus i can't we would be one of those who farms with money not for money which would make it way more enjoyable (laughs) exactly so back in my early years of working for john deere i went on this uh two-month road show of teaching precision farming classes this is when green star first came out and so there was just not a lot of knowledge about mapping and monitoring and all that good stuff and and so uh, 
I, across Illinois, Missouri, and Iowa, I had, I had an intern and a minivan with monitor, like simulators in it. And so we would go and set up at a hotel and the dealers would bring in these farmers. And I would always pick a farmer and I would say, what's your dream farm? How many acres? You know, and they're always like 10,000, blah, blah, blah. And I get to this one and I pick this guy who's in his 60s and I'm like, okay, how many acres? What's your dream farm? We're going to design it in, in JD Map, And he's like, a hundred acres paid for. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. all I want to farm. He's like, I want a hundred acres sitting right next to my house and I want to go out and I just want to farm it for fun. That's all I want to mm-hmm. do. Yeah. If, if I had that kind of money, there is no way I would farm 10,000 acres. I would farm 1,500, 2,000 maybe. Yeah. But outside of that, I wouldn't beat my, you know, because then, you, then you're talking hiring employees Yep. and you're getting into a bunch of headaches and it's like, yeah. if I'm going to farm and have fun doing it, I'm going to try to do it as much by myself as I can. Bigger right. money equals bigger problems. Yep, yep. it does. It really do does. Yep, absolutely. Way to go, yeah. Biggie. <laughs> yeah. Nick's like, let's try it and see. Yeah. Let's just try it. Yeah. <laughs> already got the problems. I must have the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But back to your original question. So, you know, what if you grew up in a different scenario? Like, so, you know, you always see these rags to riches people, so on and so forth, because they literally have nothing to lose. Yeah. Like, so they grew up in this scenario basically feral basically raising themselves and learn to be survivors at a very young age and that's why you always say well you know the third generation loses it well it's partially because they had it so easy they never had and they kind of got put in this box that maybe none of the stuff that they're driven to or not driven to do that they're expected to do is what they want to do yeah you know which is why they fail at it Mm -hmm. at some level like you grow up being you know elon musk's kid or whatever well you're expected to run Tesla or whatever. Maybe that kid wants to garden for a living, you yeah. know, like run a flower look, shop. Look, look at Hank Williams you know, Jr. I mean, that yeah. guy virtually had no choice. He had to play music whether exactly. he knew how to play guitar or not yeah. because of who his dad was. That was just the way it was going to be. Exactly. And yeah. He was successful. It, I mean, it, very but, successful at it. And it, it is his passion. You can sure. tell in his music. But that could have been the other way and, yeah. and not. I mean, there's been plenty of country music singers' kids that you could tell they made an album because of their last name and that was about the end of it sure you know but anyway my two cents i always think so tony and i love shameless we watched the entire series and stuff like that and i always think like you know the way they grew up like like and not that I grew up with a ton of money or anything like that, but the way they grew up, it was such a different lifestyle. And so where at 10 and 12 years old, you're expected to chip in on the electric bill and the rent and stuff like that. And, you know, I never had those worries. And then tenfold, my kids wouldn't even think about having those worries, you know. And it is almost one of those where by no means, like, I I grew up poor, but you always like, oh, well, I want better for my kids. I want to do better for them. But I almost don't want to do better for I them. I agree. I know. Because yeah. the lessons I learned and the, the way it made me cherish the things that I bought on my own and stuff like that, I'm like, they don't have that. They just expect it. They're yeah. just like, Back oh, to well. Back being satisfied thing. I Yeah. And Truthfully, you can see, though, where the money don't matter. You know, kids can grow up poor from a good household and still do very well but the households that are broken through divorce whatever a lot of times that ends in a train wreck for the kids not always i mean we've all known parents you know your parents were divorced i mean wasn't like you turned out to be a train wreck but 
It's mm. also different. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's for another episode. Yeah. But, but I guess you can see the contrast, like in inner cities, where once yes. the home is broken, then it's just straight to the street and drugs because that's your only option well, to make money. It's, I mean, it's, it's the lack of fathers. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely. Where rural 100%. America probably don't see that. Well, as, there, I mean, we still there's got more some. of a support system though, yeah. because you, you know your neighbors, you know your family, you know. Whereas in the city, you might not know people two doors down. Mm-hmm. In any direction, you know. It always amazes me, too, though. So you have X amount of kids, and they come from the same household. And when it's a broken household, how everybody takes things differently, how they, like, I guess the old saying is, you know, my dad was an alcoholic. The one son was an alcoholic, too. The other son never touched Yeah. It's so amazing to me how you have... Five kids that came from the same household, and they're all completely different in how they reacted to that environment, and then what they do with their life. They're all different ages, and it affects them differently, mm-hmm. probably, you know, based on how old they were when it happened. But yeah, no, you're exactly right there. Because I came from what would now be considered a very broken home. You know, my dad was married before, my mom was married before. They both had kids from previous marriages. They came together, got married, had us. So there was a lot of, you know, dealing with this ex, dealing with this ex, and all of us came out completely different personality yeah. types. But you're right, it was the age yeah. and how, but I also think your personality kind of affects how you yeah. deal with those things too as well, you know. I think too, like I look at my, uh, one of my sisters, I think growing up, not even when it comes to divorce, but growing up in the eighties with the farm and not having any money and everything, uh, how we responded Mm -hmm. to as adults to not having money when we were younger is so interesting because one of my sisters, she, she loves to shop. She has to have all the, the newest things. Her house has to look a different certain way. Her vehicle has to be a certain way. Like she looks at that period of time as having to do without and wants to have everything now that she didn't Mm -hmm. have then. And me, I look at it as such a time of financial instability. Like, you know, I, to me, it made me so much fine. Like, I don't care what vehicle I drive. I, I, what matters to me is, you know, do we have money in the, you know, in the bank? Do we have investments? You know, those types of things. I don't care, you know, what clothes I have, you know, those types right. of things. It's, it's right. so opposite yep. and it's how the same we thing. both are. Like, so I have a sister who's very much everything she owns has to be name mm-hmm. brand and it has to be the highest dollar and, we're going to have a conversation about how she spent $300 on a pair of blue jeans. Yeah. And I'm over here and I'm like, I got this pair of blue jeans yeah. off Facebook marketplace for $10. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, yes, thank God. Yes. You know, cause I'm not going to pay, you know? Yeah. But yeah, totally how we just absorb that differently. Yes. You know, where I'm like, Oh no, we need to save money. We need yes. to be financially. I don't ever want to be in that same position, you right. know, et right. cetera. Whereas yeah. they're like, Oh, I never had this growing up, so I need, need to have it. All of these name brand, yes. amazing, beautiful things, so I can show them off. Yes, yeah. So. I've I'm, I've never been that way. Like you know, our house is nothing fancy, built in '92, basic ranch style house. Fine with me. Your our house, van is your amazing. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> v- vehicles, clothes. 
I just, <laughs> I don't care about that stuff. I just, it doesn't bother me in the I think least. I went through a phase probably when I was in high school just because peer pressure and stuff like that. And I kind of wanted like the name brand thing. So I was like my friends. And then I moved out and I got on my own and I was like, I don't care what yeah. I wear as long as it gets the job done yeah that's fine with me i don't care if i have a nike swoosh on it or if i got it from walmart i don't care i think part of it too is like i'm so thankful in the area that we live in and and i've had this conversation with my sisters is in our home area like i think there's a pressure to have the right house, the right vehicle, the right clothes, etc. And and I'm like, I just don't feel like there's that pressure in oh, I've never this felt area at all. at all. I don't know. Like either I'm oblivious to it. Have you seen my van that I, I know, drive? Right? Nobody cares. You Nobody guys, cares. You guys have Tony and I though, and that pretty much puts you at such an elite level. Yeah. Like the rest of the stuff doesn't matter then. Like, yeah. Don't you think? I feel I like everybody Nobody? knows you two, and they're like, well, we know they don't care yeah. about anything. So their wives obviously are cool about it. Zero so. bothers to give. Yeah. We do not care. Have you, have any of the TikToks come across your FIP? And it was like, it's like a video of the husband, and it's like, um, <laughs> Everybody thinks my husband's an asshole, but what they don't realize is that he has a tight circle of friends and he cares about them, me, and the kids, and that's it. And the rest mm-hmm. of you can F off. And I'm like, yep, that's where yep, you pretty much. Yeah. my husband. Yeah, pretty much oh, yeah. I'm like, you all can think he's an asshole, but like for his tight circle of friends and his family, he would bear arms to defend oh, yeah. you in a second. And so, and, and, and I for would the rest much of you, rather he doesn't have care. that all day long. He doesn't care if you think he's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I've been called worse. <laughs> Yep. Worse by better. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Just, I don't know. I just don't get wrapped up in that stuff. It just don't bother me. If I had a million dollar, ten million dollars tomorrow, I wouldn't build some big fancy spread of a house. Yeah. It just don't you think a lot of your stuff that you would theoretically do with some of that stuff changes as you as you get older, though. Yeah, it does. Like there was a time I would have. Oh, for sure. Now I don't want to yeah. give the government the satisfaction no. of the taxes. <laughs> now I'd have. You know, I, I saw an interview with Kid Rock one time, and he, he lives in a modular mm-hmm. that's camouflage. It's, it's just vinyl wrap. He's like, if I want a different color tomorrow, I'll just rewrap it. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'd like to have some ground, some cool toys. My friends can come over. He's like, I had a big house once, 13 bathrooms, movie yeah. theater. He's like, I went to the movie theater one time because I got lost on my way to the bathroom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't use it. And I guess I should preface that by saying there's a lot of stuff in this house I would change. I'm not saying I wouldn't build a new home. Yeah. But it ain't some big extravagant no. mansion. I will guarantee you that. I just. Oh, my gosh. No. I'm going to throw this out here. I don't want a mansion because I, I don't want to have to clean it. it. Yeah, but if you had that kind of money, you'd pay somebody to clean it. No, because I, I don't like people pay, in my I house. I still wouldn't pay somebody. I don't like people in my I house. I have a big shed. I, I wouldn't yeah. build that If we won $10 million I would, tomorrow. I would eat the floor on that one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I would put a, a wraparound porch on the house because I love wraparound yeah. porches. And then for God's sakes, just build me a bathtub. That's all I want. Those are the two <laughs> things. That's it. That's all I want. I'm a very simple person. Those are the things I want to make me happy. I want the opposite. I want to take the bathtub out of our house. Yeah. And I want to <laughs> shower about yeah. the size of this room. Yeah, exactly. When I was working for Deer and I lived in Bloomington, Illinois, and um, I had built a house. It was a four-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath house, full basement. And, and, I, and I, 
I was a single person. I didn't need that space, but I had built it for resale because that's what sells in Bloomington, Illinois. And so I get moved to the Quad Cities with Deer. And um, I was looking and looking and looking for a house and couldn't find anything that I liked. And I said to my real estate agent at one point, I'm like, what else is there? Because there was, you know, one a specific area that I really wanted to live in, et cetera. And she's like, you know, that's not what you're looking for, but I've got this two bedroom, one and a half bath townhouse for sale. I've got it listed. If you want to look for it, I'm like, yeah, I'll look at it. So we go and look at it. It's, it's small, you know, like it's a, it's a, it's a townhouse with two bedrooms and I'd been living in a four bedroom, two and a half bath, you know, 2,500 square foot house. And, and I was like, what would my house payment be on this? And she's like, 360 bucks. And I'm like, how much with taxes? She's like, that's with taxes. I'm like, get the contract out. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Absolutely. like, my taxes in Bloomington were like 4,800. I'm yeah. like, my house payment with taxes in the Quad Cities was less than my taxes were yeah. in Bloomington. And, and, and that was like a real big turning point for me because then at that point, my my sisters were in college in Champaign, and um, it allowed me to pay for their apartment to help them out in that area. Their apartment cost more than my house payment. Yeah. Their, their apartment was like 600 bucks, yeah. and my house payment was 360 you know? And it was just like, all of my other friends that were my age had these house pay, and I was just like, whatever, you know? Yeah. And it, it's just, it was not worth it. It was Especially just on a deal like me. that where you knew you probably weren't going to be living there forever. You know, what, yeah. it wasn't your forever home. No, so. no, no. And it was, it was, it was fine. It was perfectly, it was, it was great for one person. And Nick says to this day, he's like, remember when you lived in that townhouse and we had nothing to do all weekend? What happened? And I'm like, we got married, had kids and moved down near your family. And now we just have, you know, tons of shit to do there was no yard work all that was yeah, done like you didn't yeah. have to do anything yeah the snow removal i'd get out and you know leave in the morning and the snow had been removed there was tennis courts there was a pool you know i mean it was great it was awesome you can see though how people with lots of money that 10 years later they go bankrupt but you can see how they do it just the overhead on all the shit yeah. that they yes. got yeah between the Paying the taxes on this house and this house and the paying this pilot to fly your plane and this yeah. guy to yeah. drive your boat. And man, yeah. that shit adds up in a hurry. It yes, does. One of my, um, so one of the shows I used to love to watch was Extreme Makeover mm-hmm. Home Edition. And you would see them come in and build these beautiful homes for these people who desperately needed it. But what they didn't tell you was the people then had to pay taxes on yes. those homes. Yes. And half of those people lost those houses because they couldn't afford the taxes on that. Yeah. And you don't, like, you don't factor that in. Like, so many people don't. They're like, oh, well, they have this beautiful home, and it's free, and it's paid for. No, they're still paying for it, and you negate that cost Yeah, so many times. Here's a really interesting fact. I completely forgot about this story, but when I worked for GSI, the grain bin company, we actually worked with Extreme Home Makeovers really? on one of their editions, and it was a fascinating experience. It was a home. It was out in the country, and they were building, like, a... Uh, they put a bin in and it was for like goats to house goats. And it was the amount of logistics that go into that because they are managing how many contractors come in within a week's time Mm -hmm. to completely revamp this. I mean, it was literally, you know, we were working with the dealer, we were working with the show and it, and it's like, okay, 
uh, between one o'clock and three o'clock on Thursday, that's the time you have to pour the concrete. And the concrete has to be dried in so many hours. So you have to put additives in to make the concrete dry. And then your crew can come in on Friday evening from four to six o'clock and put this bin up. Mm -hmm. So you've got to have 50 guys there to put this bin up really quickly. I mean, like it is logistics complete. It was interesting to go through. I did not realize you did that. Yeah, I completely forgot about that till right now. It was a fun little experience, but it was also a headache. Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) I've actually been reading a book. um, It's by one of the producers of Anthony Bourdain's show, No Boundaries or whatever. And he he talks about a lot of that kind of stuff. And he's like, you know, everybody just sees the show and the finished product. And he's like, the amount of money we spent and the people we had cast and then they would spend I think he said nine weeks editing each episode and he was like you know Anthony Bourdain was very um verbal about his dislikes about the episodes and he is like you're you're constantly going back and he was like it was just you basically were living on high adrenaline Mm -hmm. every single second of your life because you're like I have to meet this time this deadline this deadline this deadline you know so, oh, yeah, I can't even imagine with that. Because you have what, one week to finish yeah. everything. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. It was interesting. It was a fun experience. To, I wouldn't say fun. It was an interesting experience to go through. But it was it was very intense. I'm sure. I was not on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and why not? It was not that intense for me. The only intense once Kelly got home was complaining about it. Yeah. The rest yeah, of the I'm day like, was fun. I, I, there was a lot of for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm my like, most favorite expression in the entire world. FFS. Oh my gosh, I love it. Absolutely. Every single time, anything, I'm like, for crying out loud. I know. I say it in my head like a hundred times a day. I just hope and pray that I don't let it out. <laughs> Other than I regret a hundred times a day that it goes through my head. But I literally, a hundred times my day, a day, I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. You'll have that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so going back to your original question, Tony, because I have it written down here and I keep thinking about it. I think, though, that... Growing up in a stable home, like your moral values, what's acceptable and what's not acceptable are way different whenever you come from a very broken, dysfunctional home. I would agree. Uh, But uh, also, where does it go off the rails? Because we all know tons of kids who grew up in great homes that turned out to be giant pieces of shit. Mm -hmm. So where did they go off the rails? I mean, I was just asking. Maybe life was just too easy, and so they just stopped caring. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, some people are just wired different and it's yeah. going to go off Every. the rails regardless. And some of it's like, I think I speak for Tony on this one too. 93% of the reason I did what I was supposed to do most of the time, and I'm not saying I didn't fracture the occasional rule or law here or there, but was because I didn't want my dad's foot in my ass. Yeah, exactly. And that's where he was going to put it. Yeah. He'd proven that. And I respect him for it. I'm happy about it. Yeah. But I'm like, that makes a lot. You're like, hey, I got... Choice A or choice B, which one's least likely for me to end up getting, you know, in trouble when I get home? No, I, I agree. That was, you know, fear factor of, one, the disappointment because your parents are not going to be happy about it. And then, two, the fact that you're physically going to get a foot in your ass, yep. which is not fun. Yep. And that's so, where it comes back to the father's thing. Was your dad Red What's that? Was your dad Red Foreman? It was uh, very similar, actually. <laughs> that's Nick's hero. Yeah. Red Foreman. I'm not going to lie. He's my hero, too. I just use that and slogan Kitty right Foreman right is before. my hero. I always tell everybody, I'm like, Tony's red, I'm giddy. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right before we left the house, I just told my daughter, if she did not act accordingly, the next problem she was going to have was getting my foot out of her ass. 
true story that did happen. And then we laughed and got in the truck. Came over here. <laughs> that's hilarious. And that's probably as far as that story will ever get. You know what I mean? It, yeah. Generally. No, no. She kind of laid down the gauntlet, though. So she's going to get a foot in her ass here pretty quick. <laughs> she's like, I have heard that. You, you say that all the time. Never done it. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds no, like a challenge. I was, I was going to say like, challenge accepted, that, Nick. That yeah. was a poor choice of words. So I'm going to buy a new pair of cowboy boots tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> they are the same Because I always, I always buy square toes. So I'm going to buy a pair of pointy toes. There you go. Because they'll get farther up the ass. <laughs> they will hurt worse. Trust me. As someone who's experienced both, yeah. the pointy ones are worse. So I will be getting a new pair of boots. <laughs> the funny thing is, though, like, I think about the way my, my parents parented. And it was very much do this, and if you don't, foot up your ass. Yeah. You know where we are probably more that way. But I try to, um, I don't know. I try to give a little more leeway, probably, and like talk it out. I guess is the way I want to word it. Like I, gi- I give them the opportunity. I'm like, all right, here's the deal. I, I'm going to give you one chance to tell me the truth. If you mess up, yeah, you're done. But I'm going to give you this chance. My parents never would have given me that chance. I, I've tried to talk it out with them and be like, hey, I could just beat your ass and get this over with. And that right. takes like 30 seconds. It's not enjoyable for me, and it's definitely not enjoyable for you. Or we can work through this, and you can give me the appropriate answers, and we can get to the end game. My daughter can't figure it out. Never going to figure out the, really? the the right answers. No, it'd just be easier to beat her ass and go on. Really? Okay. But. So my experience has been as if I lay it out like that, they immediately confess and tell me everything. And I'm like, okay, so. This isn't necessarily confession type stuff. Just usually it's, she get into her with her mother. I'm going to take over the disciplinary okay. area because that's my role. And I'm fine with that. I'm like, yeah, you know, to a little humility, a heartfelt apology. We can probably work through this. Nope, she can't wrap her head around it. <laughs> nope, just, just physically can't make it happen. Why are kids so stupid sometimes? But I, so I haven't touched any of my kids in I was gonna say you I, I either, can't remember the last time you raised your to. voice to our kids even. Honestly. No. It's, I probably I yelled the kids more than you do. Yeah. Can we just all have a second to feel sorry for me and sympathize with me as you understand <laughs> that I'm raising the female version of that's Nick not, McCormick? That's not true. Like, can we true. think about that for just a second? That's not true. I was never that way as a kid. Good oh luck. my gosh. Whatever. Like, let's just think about this. I was this. not that way as a child. And no. the funny part is, is my kids see little old grandpa over here who's yeah, handing oh, out yeah. candy. Oh, yeah, exactly. Right. Oh, he right. would have, he, you know, all them stories you told me, you're just full of shit. And I'm like, well, be, I'm not, I'm not knocking my dad. Don't, no, mis- no. don't get me wrong. I'm, but I've, all the whole time growing up, I'm like, well, sh- I won't have to be that hard of a hard ass. I'll just send him to grandpa's house. Yeah. He ain't putting foot in his asses in. Oh, my He'll fall down no. if he tries it. No. Exactly. Yeah, he's not going to do it anyway. No, he wouldn't do it anyway. No, he's, he told me one time, he's like, I think you're being a little too hard on him. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Go look in the mirror and see who you see in that mirror. And then come back That's and talk what to I, me. Oh, my gosh. Yes. One of my favorite things that Nick's ever said is he's like, sometimes if I take the belt out of my pants loop too fast, I give myself <laughs> chills. Still got little PTSD. Yeah, little, little, little flashback like, there. Yeah. A little childhood trauma yeah. right there. That just gave me the chills. Yeah. Yeah. Don't want to pull it out too fast? The sound of a quick belt. That's hilarious. I always met with a lot of fun. Yeah. And back then, it wasn't just our dads that were. No. I mean, it was everybody. No, it was and everybody. I deserved it. My yeah. dad did. I deserved every one of them. Yeah, my dad was never ever abusive no, or just mean for no reason. It wasn't ever. either, but I deserved them all. Yeah. Yeah. 
Agreed. Well, I said to Nick one time, I'm like, you know, we got spanked growing up, but I'm like, I don't ever remember the spanking hurting. I just remember the shame, the shame involved. He goes, with boys, it has to hurt. Do you know what kind of shit Heath and I would have done if there was just shame involved? Yeah. Shame, <laughs> oh, like, yeah. shame wouldn't shit, have yeah. stopped us at all. No. You, can, you can guilt girls yeah. all day long. Except boys, for our daughter. Nope. Yeah, except, 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 I'm telling except you. Except for Kelly 2.0. No, no, no. Nick, Nick 2.0. Nick 2.0 right yeah, you're there. You're not going to guilt her. She just she never figures it out. Never like never makes a connection. Long-time listener, first-time caller, never makes a connection. <laughs> Fights it all, every battle, like it's World War Three. Like we were fighting tonight about doing dishes. Yeah. Like Nick fixed the pork chops, I fixed the sides. We're like kids, you do the dishes, and she bitched about it for ten. I told her, I'm like, stop, I'm like, stop. I'll I'll take care of them. I'm like, that's fine. Like, but tomorrow we're selling off all your shit. You're not playing any more sports, and I'm selling all your shit. You'll have two outfits, one pair of shoes, and I'll get rid of all your shit. And, th- and I'll do the dishes from here on out. I'll never ask you again. And then she just glared at me and gave me some shitty comment, I'm sure, under her breath. And went back went back to regretfully doing the dishes. That's so <laughs> Which, once again, proves my point. It would have been way quicker to not say a word, immediately kick her in the ass. And when she it's got done crying, she'd still have the dishes to do. So I always pull it solved. whenever they start their all complaining and stuff like that. I'm just like... Stop. I didn't need any discussion. I needed a yes, ma'am, and yeah, that was it. Exactly. I, like, I never get I an I'm not ounce here to, of back I'm not here to debate ever. it. Never. I don't think my kids have ever backtalked me. And she said, you're flipping me off. Ladies I mean, have they? I, am I wrong? They don't, because they're terrified of you. And I, like you say, they're I don't lay a finger on them. I very seldom raise my voice. Don't. I know, but they're terrified. Because they see you get mad at wrenches and hammers and <laughs> see, bulldozers. I'm holding and... too much back here, Kelly. If you just let me spread my wings and fly, they'd be scared They're just like, oh my gosh, if he gets that mad at an inanimate yeah. object, what's he going to do to just me? Just like the Bobby Knight video I watched. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So. Yeah. No, they will. The big thing, which I will say this right now, they've been good as gold the past couple of weeks, and it'll change in turn because that's yeah, the way kids there's are. There's an ebb and a flow to it. But they've been good as gold the past couple of weeks, but like I'll be like, oh, well, these are your chores. You need to do X, Y, Z tonight. And they'll, and then they do it. And I'm like, that's fine. Sigh all you want. I don't care. Just don't complain. And then when they do start complaining, I'm like, oh, that's fine. And I'm the same way. I'm like, tell you what, why don't you go take that tablet, Xbox, whatever, just put it on the table because that's mine anyways. If you don't want to help her around the house, then whatever. And they're like, fine, you don't have to be that way, mom. And I'm like, I just just needed a yes, ma'am. That's all I need. I find, though, I'm not going to lie, sometimes... Hatred of the parents bands them together. Sometimes when they are so mad at me and Nick and I've taken everything away and they like. (laughs) I knew you'd appreciate that one, girl. (laughs) I did. Grammar is important, Kelly. It is. it is. Actually, it is Nick and me. Nick and I would be at the front of it, be in the subject, not at the end. 
But anyway, um, sometimes when I'm like completely shitty with them and I take everything away and everything, they like band together in their mm-hmm. hatred of me. And, and it then I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, we're just going to let this go a little farther because they're actually like getting along and doing things together. I'm a firm believer by and, all means. Like I want my kids to like me and love me, obviously. Well, I want them to come back someday. You, yes. But at the same time, it's also one of those where I'm not your best friend. Right. I am your your mother. And I'm doing things because I know you need these things. Yes. To grow as a human being and be a good person. I'm going to parent you now so that when you're in your 30s, we can be friends. Right. Because if I'm your friend right now. If I'm letting you get away with stupid crap right right. now, there's no respect there. And it's just going to be. So what do you think is going through these parents' minds? We can all probably name five off the top of our head, whether it's at church, school, take your pick. And their kids just run rampant. Back talk, won't listen. So what kind of conversations do they have as married people? Like, I think I'm honestly going to say, in my opinion, I think it's a lot of this new age. Um, they're the so worried the about traumatizing their kids that they're too afraid to parent their kids. Well, Nick and I are living proof that you can't really traumatize a kid just by being no, a parent. They can't. I mean, no, but I think that in a good way, mental health has become. You know, people talk about it more, but in a bad way because we're so aware of it. We make a bigger deal about things that aren't a big deal so then everyone's like oh my gosh if i talk about this with my kid am i traumatizing them are they gonna have but see i I think it's went too far and i'll talk about the mental health thing when i went through the whole lyme disease we did a whole podcast on it. it's it's a weird deal but to me traumatize is when you're in the foxholes in vietnam world war ii whatever and you come home that's trauma when my kid throws a fucking Ertl tractor through the picture window and I put my foot in his ass, that's not trauma. Right. I'm sorry. And I agree with you on that. Totally. But I think some people are like, well, if we hurt him, is he going to carry this for the rest of his life? And da 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 da. And I, like, I'm, I'm with you. No, I think I, it's totally yeah. ridiculous. And I'm not going to parent that way. But I think people with the whole mental health thing we need to be more aware xyz we see all these schools we're so over paranoid about it we see all these schools take your pick of which one you know oh there's no discipline here there's no father figure i guarantee you you hire me for one week to be the principal i will not lay a finger on any kid there and i will have results i will guarantee Mm -hmm. it but there's no father figures it's a bunch of pussies running the show and they let the kids push them around well because because the kids know they can push can we bring back toxic masculinity please I agree. It was a good thing. I, I mean, when, yeah, when Nick and absolutely. I was in school, you know, you, they were done paddling. You couldn't lay a finger on kids by then. But we had a great school there was, principal. Yeah. There was a couple that, like, two years older than us. Your brother's class got paddled. Yeah, there was. Yeah. Like, way back. It. Yeah, way, and that was, what, in the late 80s, yeah. early 90s? Right? I don't know if they straightened that kid out, but he moved away. So yeah. either way, we got the result <laughs> we were looking for. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, the, our, our grade school principal yeah. never laid a finger on any of us that were just No one in our class, but he kids. was stern, and you didn't question him. Nope. You know. And he was just like a father. I mean, he would yeah. get and point right in your face, and I mean, yeah. he'd put the fear of But he'd also him. put your, his arm around you and, and have that talk, you know, hey, heard you didn't do very good on this. Like, that's not you. You could have did better. And we and we used to joke about this. Anytime you were legit in trouble, like if it was three or four of us <laughs> playing kickball yeah. and there was a whatever, and so we all got sent to the office, which was actually rare in grade school. I mean, it truly yeah. was. But 
that he would always tell the whole group, you guys are too good of kids to be acting like this. So he was yeah. stern and firm and told you that you screwed up. But he also told you that you were too good of kids to be yeah. acting like this. He didn't just mm -hmm. beat you down there with you pieces yeah. of shit. I expected it. You know? mm -hmm. he, he, uses right. kill, he used Kelly's shame method. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, I completely agree. No, I think it's no. a lack of masculinity. Yep, I agree. I think it's a. I agree. Uh, I think it's um, not letting men be men with their kids and and providing the discipline that many of them need. Um, and I think it's uh, it's I think it's a huge failing in the school too. I think it's a lot of um, siding with the kids. It, it it used to be the parents and the teachers were a team. Mm -hmm. in raising the kids yes. and now it is the parents and the kid up against, against the, the teacher. teacher and which is why teachers are quitting yes left and right. look, Absolutely. At, look at every tv show movie whatever yes. with, with kids in it whatever the parents are always dumb they're and the kids, yep. and the kids oh are my so gosh. smart yes this is every why time. i don't let my kids watch so many things yes yep. disney yep. disney's the yep. worst we the kids are disney. smart and witty the mom we're is cancel culture smart and witty, we cancel disney but the dad is always a dumb doofus they're absolutely it's not just always them making fun of the parents yep. and i'm like nope. it's okay to joke around with parents like my kids always tell me they're like mommy you forget everything and i'm like absolutely because i have a hundred things on my list and yeah. whatever but they're not degrading me. You know right. what I'm saying? They're just like, oh, mom, you're so funny. You're forgetful, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But all those Disney They're not shows, rolling your the eyes. They're like, eyes about you. Yeah. she's so stupid. stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Dad's so stupid. They yeah. did this and this. And the other yep. thing about the Disney shows, like, name a movie where there's a dad in a Disney, or like, mm -hmm. or both parents. I should say both parents. It's yeah. very rare. What happened to Ariel's mom? Is right. what I want to know. Exactly. Where's the little mermaid's right. mom? Right. Bella? And have you noticed though how, as a society, and we all do it. I mean, I I hear myself do it. We all do it when you're getting ready to tell a story. It's like, well, no, I don't necessarily feel this way. And then you tell the story. Yeah. When I was kids, I don't ever remember my grandpa or my dad telling a story. You know, it's just yeah. like, well, this fucking idiot over here done this with you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't because really we have way. to be politically correct right. or people and we, and we, we sacrifice us. And we need to break that. Yes. I'm to the point, I don't give a shit anymore. Right. I don't want to be politically correct. Right. No more. I shouldn't, I, I shouldn't have to throw that into the story. Right. No. Yep. But it's the whole thing, like, if you watch TikTok videos and they're like, trigger warning, X, Y, Z, or they'll put it up in the comments or text or whatever. And I'm like, no, we should not have to be doing that. Like, if you're going to get triggered by watching a video of me playing with my son out in the yard, then you have way bigger problems. Then get off the app. Yeah. It's not my Then obviously it's not for you. My, my favorite TikToks, and I have seen this a thousand times. I follow a couple of loggers out in Oregon. Mm -hmm. They'll be showing, cutting down this big old tree, you know, that's eight foot in diameter or whatever, and showing you how to do it and this and that. 700 comments. God damn, cutting down a perfectly good tree, you know, fucking humans destroying them. I mean, just on and on and on for cutting yep. the tree down. I mean. Meanwhile, they've got products made of wood. <laughs> yeah, but, you know. exactly. Yeah. And same way on pets. I mean, oh, the yeah. first time you see oh, a dog chained gosh. up and it's below 32 degrees. God yeah. damn, chain the owner up out there. And this, yeah. I, I'm not even going to say some of the stuff that I've seen as a kid, but. They survived the, for how many years? They're who, who animals. Keeping them warm. God's sakes. Yeah. Yeah. And this is yep. coming from someone who spent thousands of dollars on her own pet and stuff like that. But they're animals at yes. the end of the day. Yeah. And that's what always cracks me up. You see the Sarah McLaughlin. Yes. 
In the arms of an angel. <laughs> Whatever. And I'm Ruin like, that song for me. Yes. Let's spend when I was thousands a kid. of dollars to save these animals. But on the flip side, there's millions of kids starving on the streets. And we're like, eh, well, you when I was make a kid, God's honest video. truth, if the neighbor's dog come over to your house and tore something up, killed a chicken, whatever, it was usually one chance, you know, you, you call them or you took yeah, it back, right. whatever. If it come over again, it got shot. Yeah, right. and, and it was that was a mutual agreement. Yep. If my dog went there, I expected yeah. it to get shot. Yeah, yeah. if there's and that if was just, they were a nice neighbor, they just peppered it with a little bird shot. Yeah, and that was just yeah. the way everybody rolled. It was like yeah. this community agreement that you just shot dogs. Uh, yeah. I mean, could you imagine today? Oh could, could you imagine if the way we grew up, you could actually post it on Facebook without getting it banned? Today? Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. Yeah. what it would have been like? Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, good times. Things have definitely changed. It's, it's it's like everyone has to be politically correct and trigger warnings and all these things. And I'm like Tony, I'm just done. And this, and it, this even drives me nuts too, like with social media. And and I get tired of being called this. Oh, you're such a good advocate for agriculture. Well, why does anybody have to advocate for? Well, I mean, where's the carpenter advocate? Where's the you know where's the chiropractor? At? You know, why does ag just? suddenly yeah. have to get, be this advocate. You know, like, somebody owes me something because I'm a farmer and, oh, you feed the world and this and that bullshit. Most stuff I raise don't don't go into human consumption anyway. It goes into ethanol. Mm-hmm. You know, but everybody always wants to beat their chest and, I'm a farmer and you owe me something. I feed the world. And, no, you don't. I mean, why why do farmers automatically I think get that? that? I think at the beginning it started out as a... Um, not noble. What's the word I want to use? Like, they were just trying to get people to recognize what farmers do but, but why I'm does it like matter? you, I why? think to I think now it's gone to the tenth power. Where it's like, like I say, where, where's the carpenter advocate? Where's the guy showcasing right. what he does? Where's the, you know, the guy making tennis shoes? I mean, why why does it just have to be farmers? I, I don't understand that. It's kids making tennis shoes, doing. Well, well, I think true. that I think <laughs> but, but though, they need to be spotlighted. <laughs> I think that people felt like farmers were the underdog for so many years and got dogs. In well, them. I don't really see where it's any better. I mean. <laughs> I think it's. I'm not. I'm just. I'm just. I think it's because there's that. such a huge disconnect between the people growing their food and the people eating the food. Right. That they said, "Hey, we right. should connect this. We let's let's educate the consumer, and then they'll they'll appreciate it more." But we've educated them the wrong way. I, I don't think it necessarily worked. I'm just saying. I think that was the goal. Yeah, I've said a hundred times. You know, go ask the Illinois pork producers. Hey, could we go in somebody's hog barn and do a film? You actually show where bacon comes from? Oh God, no! Don't go in there. You know, instead of fighting PETA, we're just going to shut the doors and keep it in the dark over here. Yeah. You know, to me, the best way to show people that we're not in here beating animals with two befores is to take them in and show them. But yeah. that's off limits. We can't do that. That's why I have such a problem with Farm Bureau and all these groups that want to well, be so-called advocates. I, I think the problem with that is though, you you can't just take a snapshot. They have right. to see the whole movie. Exactly. And to see the whole movie, you damn near got to grow up with it. Right. Or around it, near it, somewhat. Like, you can't just experience a small clip of, of this confinement building. Because that's going to show you a little bit, but that doesn't show you the backstory and the other parts that go into that. And I think that is very hard to display, all the stuff that comes along with it. And if they're already predetermined to a, a negative opinion, you can show them a thousand videos. Yeah. You can take them I to agree. a million hog buildings, and they're still going to be pissed off about bacon. But at the on the other side of things, Tony, you have to have somebody putting that message out. You can't just lie. You just can't roll over and lie and let the ideological tyrannists, I guess, like take over that messaging and not fight it. 
But I, I guess it's to the point now. It's like I feel like we've already lost the battle because. No, it, I know. I think you have to keep fighting. You have to keep fighting because that. How is that any different than anything else? How is that different than having traditional marriage? How is that different than having kids raised in a, a two-parent home with with you know a Christian education, Christian background, etc.? Where you like you you just can't lie down on those matters. I'm gonna I'm gonna draw a comparison here, and they're in no way near the same the same thing, but they're. They're both fighting battles, one being way bigger than the other. But I'll take the church and your ag organizations, Farm Bureau, whoever. Okay, so the church is always under fire, right? So do we just say the heck with it? We've already lost the battle and just sweep it under the rug? As you're saying, the ag companies should or not companies, but ag advocates lobby should groups, do, right. lobby groups, whatever should do? No, they should. you got to keep fighting. So for every bad thing that you're thing that they're not doing they are doing 10 other things correctly so you got to look at the big picture we have to keep fighting the fight because otherwise i think we we drown quickly you know you can swim your ass off without a life preserver at some point in time you're gonna drown and and they're they're throwing as many preservers out there as they can but they don't catch them all my thing is, is is nobody wants to fight hard enough is is my exact problem with it because we have to tiptoe around it we we well this is how it is but we can't say that because we got to be politically correct and so now we just keep drifting further and further and further to the left. Oh, I, when are we going to dig in and that's say literally every organization and every topic we come to politics, like, baby? That, that you know, I, you know me. I've got a standard no meeting policy. I don't go to meetings. I don't do it. You know why? Because that's where stupid people are allowed to talk, and you can't tell them that's fucking stupid. We're right. not doing it that way. We right. covered it three meetings ago. Quit bringing it up. That's dumb. We've already got the project accomplished. Mm-hmm. But you want to rehash some stupid shit. That's why I don't go to meetings. A little quick side note, and I lost my train of thought on that. But that's that's the same thing. They have they can't just they can't just come out and say that way. Even though, and that's the unfortunate world we live in now. Used to be you wanted to fail fast so you could come to the right decision. Now we want to beat failure to death. We're just going to go down this slope and we're going to find a thousand ways to fail and do it the wrong way, because well, the right way might hurt someone's feelings. Well, no, newsflash, no one gives a shit about your feelings. Let's just get it done correctly. Right. But, but we're in a whole world. It doesn't matter if it's the Farm Bureau or whatever organization. We can't just come to the right conclusion immediately because that's going to upset somebody. Right. Because we told little Timmy he was wrong. Well, guess what? Little Timmy is wrong. Right. And that's not the right way to do it. So let's just get it and done and move on. And this is where we need to bring back toxic masculinity it's not toxic like, that's when men were men I know. that's why i did it in quotes Dana. exactly i know but they can't see that on the radio carolyn i did it in quotes. everybody carolyn had quotes around I prime did example it our grandpas were all toxic mm-hmm. you know by today's standards they stormed the beaches of normandy during d-day Amen. you find an 18 year old kid just go to any random school pick five kids you think they could storm the the beaches of lake chevyville tomorrow <laughs> if the catfish were biting probably not i know one kid yeah. who could actually if the catfish were biting yes very <laughs> <but>, good yeah. <laughs> and we're like fishing i'm in yeah. i don't care what's going yeah who I, cares I, the I think flying? yeah <laughs> i think especially when it comes to ag and probably even the church if you want to take it that far i think the groups that we have in power now has been the same old, same old. Oh, for sure. The good old boys club go along to get, and I think it's time for new groups because the, the, the churches, the, the churches, the same thing. They're always constantly. Away. Well, we got to change with the times a little bit. We got to change. No, we don't. We don't have to change with anything. Yeah. Who says? Who says we have yeah. to change with the time? Time out. I would like to say Lutherans do not change. Yeah. So they slowly slip here and there. <laughs> let's, let's address that. But don't you think that what th- that's what this is? 
Like you have these organizations that become, you know, dominated by the politically correct and we can't say anything too, you know, outrageous or too, you know, scary, et cetera. But then you have TikTok accounts that are like, I'm going to say what you all are thinking mm-hmm. because they are all and thinking they blow it. Up they are and everybody thinking loves it. it. And, and, and it is platforms like this where everybody's listening to, to it in the garage and saying, Amen. This mm-hmm. is exactly what we're all thinking. And it's not being said in a committee or, you know, et cetera. But it is what people are thinking and they do want to say that out loud. And so that's why, I mean, platforms like this are important because it gives a voice to those outside of those stupid freaking so, politically correct committee committee meetings. One of the biggest things I learned, like being on TikTok, was you... Like you watch the news and the media and stuff like that, and you're like, oh, I'm I'm an outlier. Like not but many not. people think like I do. And then you watch TikTok videos, and you're like, no, right? The majority feels Feel like that, I right? do. The majority has the same beliefs as I do. We all think the same way, but it's this small mi- minority. They're so loud in their shouts. So loud. So loud. And we all think. Oh gosh, you know, there's there's so many of them. There's not. No. There's not. It's less than one percent and we're right. allowing them to shout yep. louder. We're than allowing us. them we're to allowing control us. them. And it it's ideological tyranny. Ideological mm-hmm. tyranny and we have to shout back louder. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how we do that. Because the path we're on I don't feel like it's working. I, I agree. I agree. I don't we're not shouting back loud enough. We're huh. not doing enough at this point. No, I think we got the wrong people in charge of the groups that can shout back, is what I feel. Well, there's that, and the the conservative, God-fearing people that are making this country work, or go around, are too busy working mm-hmm. to take time to, they don't have two weeks to go protest yeah. about this, that, and the other, or at least they feel like they don't. Well, and we're not in charge of the platforms. No. You have, you know, the the Facebooks, the TikToks, the Instagrams of the world that are filtering out the 99% versus the 1%. That's what I would always say. Can't we find three rich Republicans that can open a news media outlet of some fashion? And that's what tells me they're in on it. That's why they're in on it. That's a whole other. They don't care. Oh, the rabbit hole, but yeah. And it goes that way for any company. And you and I have talked about this in the past, and this is going to sound shitty. Because I don't want sponsors. Because I don't want my speech clamp. But you know, people are just scared to death to have me endorse anything yeah. because it might be rough yeah. language. Even though I've got the followers to prove it and the, most of the comments yeah. that agree with it, and that's fine. Because like I say, I don't really want some company says here. I'll give you a bunch of money to endorse this, but you can't say this. You got to do this. And you got to be careful and yeah. no more f bombs on TikTok or whatever. And I'm not willing to sell my free speech. Yeah, but it just shows you right there that that they're yeah. all in on it or too. Sell they don't who care. you are as a person. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. Because if they really felt that way about agriculture, they'd say, "We don't care. You got a good following, and people agree with what you're saying." So, oh yeah, go for it. But well, you have to play the long game, Joe Rogan. Joe mm-hmm. Rogan is an nephew. I mean, like he pl- yeah. he played the long game. He went on and on and on and built up his audience, and eventually his audience was so big that nobody could yeah, say no to him. Well, you couldn't all, ignore it. And they're right. also focused so, on the alpha brain that. <laughs> but I mean, I've always tried it. Yeah. And I've always said too that to. if, if it's the coarse it's language that gets you, then how does Ron White or Eddie right. Murphy or you yeah. take your pick on guys like that? You know, they could get an endorsement for anything. Yeah. I mean, so and I don't care. Yeah, I don't want people to come off like I'm whining. I mean, I've told yeah. you a hundred times. I don't want sponsors. I I just don't. I want to say what I want to say. Yeah. Well, that's my thing. Once you get sponsors, they're trying to control everything you yep. do, and that's what I've always told him. I was like. 
I don't ever want to get to a point where people are questioning, is he saying what he really thinks or is he doing this because X, Y, Z is bothering yeah. him? No, I always want it to be, he's saying exactly what he thinks. Yeah, I agree. I just, and and then truthfully, if you get too much of that, then you turn your page into the home shopping network. Agreed. Yeah. You know, yeah. Today's WD-40, yeah. then it's, yeah. then, you know. I don't, I don't remember the movie. It was a sports movie, but it's like first time they called a TV timeout. timeout. They took the focus off the game and made it on the products and they run the game. Mm-hmm. There's truth in that. Now we're stopping the game mm-hmm. to advertise yep. instead of letting the game, Yeah, you know. I feel so sorry for the coaches and the players that they have to be interviewed, like, at every timeout. That every the dumbest time thing. Ever. I wouldn't do I'm it. Like, leave them alone to win their freaking game. Yeah. But they allow it. Just mm-hmm. don't do it. Just be like, no. They have to play yeah, the game. They, they can't do that, though. They, right. Yeah. They have to. Yeah, there's rules on that too. But if they didn't play the game, think how that would turn their entire. Well, I'm going to quote my dad. This all goes back to seatbelts. The first time they yeah. made us put a seatbelt, <laughs> that's right. That's when the world went to shit, and he's yep. not wrong there. Yep. Have you seen that TikTok? I think was it maybe Matt Kenseth, one of the NASCAR drivers. You know, crashed out in a race course. They always got to do the interview. Yeah. And he'd been in trouble a week or two before and got fined for saying something or whatever. And so I mean, every question they asked him, it was just the same answer. Something about great day for the. You know, whatever car he drives. You know. It was Kurt Busch or Kyle Busch, wasn't it? One or, yeah, what, I don't remember Bush who it was. I think, yeah. But, yeah, and, I mean, yeah. just every question they would ask, he would just say the same thing. And it had nothing to do with yeah. anything. I think finally he's like, have I been here long enough? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah, I don't know, but like I say, I I guess I get tired of the wine and the ag needs a bunch of advocates. I don't know. That that sounds shitty, being a farmer, but I, I guess I, I just wanted to be a level playing field. Why are we so special? You know. Agreed. I see that. And I but say that I as a farm I say, Agreed. as soon as you quit talking, you let someone else, whoever is talking the loudest is going to win. And the moment you quit talking, you lose. And so you got to keep talking. I think, I think we have to push because we're under fire. Yeah. The carpenters aren't under fire. Right. Agreed. The, the electricians aren't under fire. Farmers are under fire because there's such a disconnect between what we do and what is and what our products are consumed as that people have a hard time making that connection and that leap they think they're going to the grocery store for food with or without us which isn't really necessarily true and um i I think that's where it falls in like so we have to keep explaining ourselves otherwise they're going to take our livelihood away because they they make no connection between the fact that i buy pig i feed pig corn pig go to market pig get cut up for bacon like they they don't that they that process never happens for them yeah. because they're so far removed from it. I think it's it's and you have to remember too that the the conversation, the voice, the advocacy is a is a form of education. So I'm going to go back to when I worked for the grain bin company that I worked for, and one of the employees in my group was <clears throat> like um, when it, we were talking about restaurants or whatever one day. And she says, um, I only really eat at Chipotle. And I'm like, well, why do you only eat at Chipotle? And she's like, because all of their meat is pasture fed and, and organic and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, really? All of it? And she's like, yes. And I'm like, well, let's go check the website. And I'm like, they have these great little cartoons where these happy little hogs go into a barn and they come out happy other little hogs on the other side, et cetera. But I'm like, if we go and check the website, it says Chipotle will source their meat from these small organic farmers as much as their operation allows them to. 
So what percentage is that? Yeah, exactly. It's not 100%. I'm no. like, that could be 1%. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that mm-hmm. is, it is a marketing gimmick. And she literally was like, fuck you, Kelly, for bringing that up to me. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just pointing out to you the truth yeah. of the matter. I'm like, it is a marketing Truthfully, gimmick. all restaurants should use it if they... You know what I mean? Because it's genius. Right, right. I'm like, it is a, a, we're in the marketing office here and you are falling for marketing. But I'm like, let's go look at the words on the website and the actual words on the website where Chipotle will source their meat from farmers that farm in these way as much as their operations allow them to. And I'm like, that is so loosey-goosey. There's not even a guaranteed percentage but there. But a great marketing. Oh, absolutely. And great she marketing. was like, literally a week later, she's like, I'm still not talking to you. I hate <laughs> you so much. And I'm like, sorry to be the bearer of truth, but if I did not voice that, that was going to be the perception in our office because she had yep. voiced that. And truthfully. So everybody was going to believe that. Until I was the bearer of bad news to her and said, read the fine print. And truthfully, when they say as much as what will allow us to, that could be zero percent. It was too expensive, so we didn't want it. Yes. So So I'm like, read the fine print, people. Read the fine print. So we have to be loud because that's what we're fighting. In our own marketing organization, we are fighting that. I'll give you two examples. And this one, the first one was local. This lady's brother-in-law tests different types of farming practices, et cetera, et cetera. And she makes a comment to a group um, that I had a friend in. They were talking about whatever, and the subject of Roundup comes up. And she honestly thought that they injected Roundup into every seed. Like, now it's a contact killer. They sprayed over the top months before the crop is harvested. No clue that that's how it went. So then fast forward, a good friend of mine used to work for Monsanto, in Hawaii and tour comes through and they're looking at the different plots or whatever. And they're like, how is there grass between these? He's like, why wouldn't there be? Well, don't you spray these with Roundup? He's like, yeah. Well, I thought that killed everything for miles. He's like, no, it only kills what you spray it on. And they're like, and they just mind boggled by it. No, because they just don't know. So if you don't tell them like they're, they're never going to know because they hear Roundup bad and that's all they can, they, because the media has told them, Roundup's killing them, even though they have no idea how it's used and what quantity it's used and, you know, and what it actually does. And that's just one of the thousands of issues farmers face. The consumer is so uneducated in that. Like, mm-hmm. it, you know, you go to buy a car, you know, car will get you from A to B. And that's all they need to know about a car. They don't care how it's manufactured necessarily because it's not a hot-button topic. But the food that they're putting into their body, and now they're all animal rights activists, well, now that's a huge big deal, and we got to find a way to, to get to the bottom of this. And we only want to see the bad because we've been told the bad, and that it's got to be true mm-hmm. because nobody's telling us the good. Right. And I don't know. Do you think education and advocation is the same thing? Because maybe that's where I have the mm-hmm. disconnect. I don't, I don't have a problem getting on TikTok and saying, okay, we're planting corn today. Here's a corn planter. Here's how it works. I don't have a problem with that. I enjoy doing that. But I don't need to be out here beating my chest to, hey, I'm a farmer. Look at me. We're growing food. I think the issue that you're referring to is neither of those. It is a huge issue. And there's a lot of people that do it. I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm farmer. Hear me roar. You owe me something. Yeah. That's a whole. That's a separate deal from education or advocation, in my right. opinion. But I don't think. 
I don't think you ever are on there like, oh, I'm a No, fan. he's not. No, no, no. That's, that's, what, that, like, that's what I'm against. That's what he's against. This is what I'm doing. Because there are... There are a lot of people that are that and way. What you like, t- like, I will read through the comments on your videos, and a lot of things everyone's like, I had no idea that's how you guys did those things, or, you know, it, this was super informational. We appreciate you saying it, you know, and stuff like that. You know, I'll give you an example. So, through TikTok, have you realized, holy cow, my knowledge of, of farming uh-huh. is way oh, yeah. smaller than I thought it was? Yeah, for sure. You know, I've been around my we entire know how to life. Farm these two things, and that's it. Yeah, Central Illinois, this small window. Mm-hmm. Farming is way, way bigger than that. And stuff that they're doing on canola or sugar beets or vegetables. whatever vegetables, like, yeah. you know, is way different. I, I didn't know how that's how they did it. I never now, thought about it. Now, I'm not whining and crying about how they're doing it. And I'm not screaming that they're yeah. killing me, whereas some of these other people are. But I still didn't know. Right. Oh, I, I'm the same know. way. I've learned so much through that app of just seeing people yeah. do it. That's mind-boggling. Whenever you had posted something about doing the farm tour, somebody contacted me about growing peppermint, and I was like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. Like, you grow peppermint to harvest it. And I was like, we need to check that out. I I worked with a guy at Deer who's his family's farm in Colorado grew, what was the grass? It's the grass that's planted. Maybe in the middle of like between interstates. Who was the guy we talked to in Louisville about all the grasses? Oh, a nest bomb from Oregon. Yes. <laughs> and what was the grass that he was? Well, eating? that was the Kentucky 31 fescue, but okay. the, the it special. Was fescue. But, okay. Yeah. I, maybe it was fescue, but I was like, so, so you farm grass? And he was like, yes. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. planted in between, you know, yeah. two. They grew it for seed. Yeah. To and, sell. And, and I'm like. I don't understand. I like, didn't even like, know that yeah, was a thing. It was so educational it's, to me. It's sort of like so the, the city people that they just went to the store and bought food. We yeah. just went and bought grass seed. Right. You didn't think about yeah. right. somebody grew it. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. And like, I want to, like, we we all give city people a hard time. And they're like, oh, well, how do you not know where your but we're ignorant comes from? And in some whatever. Ways. But on the flip side, like, I think about, like, people who harvest watermelons, strawberries, mm-hmm. cantaloupe. You know, and I'm like potatoes i'm like i have no idea how they do that yeah. i'm just as clueless as a city person yeah you know and it's fascinating whenever you start to dig into it and how they do it and what they do it's like holy cow i'm not gonna you know. lie though you mentioned potatoes and i'm super excited how i'm gonna grow potatoes in my garden this you should year have planted them this week actually <laughs> well we still got the ones from last year that we didn't harvest so they should be there i'm just gonna roll them over at the plow you're supposed to plant them right good friday Really? We did not plant ours. We didn't. So my, yeah. garden, I need to my garden's a little wet at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Tony needs to till mine. So. Yeah, I do. You do. Because I'm I'm ready to plant. Mine's I'm ready too wet. To go. And I got about four tons of manure to put on it. Yeah. And Kelly's got a lot of weeds to pull out of there. Right no, there's now. no weeds now. I, I got rid of those <laughs> all last fall. Yeah. I, got, I, got, yeah. I plowed them under. We're good yeah. there. Do you guys think this summer any of us and our families could survive one week of... You can only eat what come out of the garden. Like, Are you laying down a challenge? Like, because I need to know right now before I plant the okay, garden. Or, or, laying down or, the I, challenge. or I should say can homemade, I, like if you made a homemade. A, can I put a cow time. in my garden? Yeah, uh, exactly. Can I put a cow in my garden? <laughs> tea, Dude, we're out. meat hoarders. So, we yeah. have enough in the freezers. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. So is it counting like meat we have in the freezer? 
No, you can you can do that. Well, I mean, we'll give you one entree. I mean, we're not going to be vegetarians. Yeah. Okay. So. What about can seasoning? I, salt, what about, pepper. What about flour? I wouldn't know about flour. See, typical women. Yeah. <laughs> Simple question. <laughs> they got all these questions now. Well, no. Yeah. Try to get it down here. They're going to have casseroles made. I need made. The details. Yeah. I need details. So, can I use flour from the store? Do I have to? No, you have to get your own wheat. <laughs> yeah. I don't need flour. I'm I saying I don't care how you prepare it. Instead of getting a bag of mixed vegetables out of the freezer, you okay. get vegetables out of your garden. I don't care if you dump them in canola oil or whatever you do to cook, cook them. I don't care. So you I'm, eat I'm just saying, like, like, if I make Salisbury steak for supper, can I get... A TV dinner? No. Can I get meat from my freezer? <laughs> right. It was raised in our pasture. from our... Okay. 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 See, now you guys it. have talked me out of the challenge. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> he was all pumped. What a jolly good idea. There we were. There we oh, were. Oh, I could totally do it. I, I could do it. I could do it. I could do it. Well, could no, they, she's pushed the rules. Could they come from before? Like if there was green beans that came from yeah. my garden and they were already canned. Yeah, but one week, the only meals. You're not allowed to eat out. You're not allowed to throw in a frozen pizza. The whole family. Just what we I can assure I you, I would survive better than you would. I could do it. I could make it. That's all we ate when I was a kid. I mean, it really was. Grandpa and grandma's. And I know, but now I make a five-course meal, and you're like, eh. I know I, I think can I'm make gonna it. Because like you always have to change I just that. eat the canned vegetable soup. That's right. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't eat vegetable soup. Oh, when Kelly's gone, that's all I eat. That's all Tony, he can make it like Tony's thirty a seconds. Rare breed. He's not going to eat anything yeah. at all. Ever. Nick, Nick, at like nine o'clock at night the other night, and chicken patties. He's like hungry, and he's like, "I'm a little snacky," and I'm like, "Are you?" And I'm like, "Well, there's popcorn. There's," and he comes back with a huge <laughs> ass, two quarts, it's a quart, a quart, one a quart, quart. Sorry, one quart of home canned vegetable soup. And that I looks was like, like a snack to me. Yeah, and I, yeah, it. All homegrown. Well, I wouldn't say the carrots were not homegrown. The carrots were not homegrown. You ruined it for me. Never mind. I know. Center. I don't grow Center. good carrots. Potato. Oh, I, I the will peas say. were not homegrown either. So I, I did carrots. So it's but I will tell you, <laughs> it was such a wet season last year. Half my carrots rotted in the Really? Ground. Yeah. But I still got, because I did that, I think it was a half row. I still got over half of that in carrots. The beef was home, the beef beef was raised by Nick's cousin, and the tomato juice was from the garden. The beef broth was made from beef bones from the mm-hmm. cow. The potatoes were from the garden, and then the carrots and the peas See, were bought. I didn't get many potatoes this year because mine all got just too wet in the garden. Here's really? what I think. This would be a good experience for our kids to A, do that. But then we're going to couple this. We're going to call this Amish week. Okay. Okay. We can have lights on, you know, have showers, whatever. We're getting costumes, Carolyn. No TVs, <laughs> no devices. Nothing. You guys still have to shave your legs. On Here, the here's, right what I'm gonna say. <laughs> here's what I'm going to say right now. He <laughs> likes to lay down these rules. And he can't follow them. He will never survive. I'll bet you a hundred bucks I will. You would not. You don't think I would when I've got a bulldozer and all that stuff to play with till dark and then come in and go to bed? He hasn't even finished the rules yet. No. Because as soon as you come in, you go to our bed and you play on your phone on TikTok. Well, that's just because there's no rule right now saying that I can't. But in Amish week, he's not going to do that. I'll bet you $1,000 I could do it. Who's going to film this? It's Amish week. Yeah. How are are you guys going to text back and forth? Yeah. Yeah. Can you guys stay out of the group chat? Yeah. I can assure you. You guys are supposedly buds. We pull in at night. Kelly's like, oh, the barn's gone. (laughs) 
for about three months, Gomer. That Once was you a month see ago. your friend that lives we, two miles away. We talk every while. single day, but in true Amish fashion, you're two miles away, and that's too far to visit. Yep, it is. She just didn't know. She didn't Which know. I heard a funny joke the other day. You know why there's no Amish in Western Illinois? Why? It's too primitive. <laughs> that's kind of true. As soon as they catch up, some Amish are going to move over there. That's some dad joke. Do, I so it also, do you think our, do you think our kids could make it three days? Yes. How my kids could. So, so one of my childhood friends. I'm going to shout her out here because she listens to every podcast. Hi, Seidel. So anyway, one of my childhood friends, Seidel, her husband talks about the greatest summer of his childhood, and his his dad was a doctor. He'd spent his childhood in in Africa before coming back over to the states. His dad was a missionary doctor, and he was like, one summer, my parents took the TVs and put them in the attic, and said. Nope, we're not doing any of this all summer. And he's like, at first they were like, what are we going to do? And he's like, we made this list of things we wanted to do. And he's like, every morning the conversation was, what are we doing tonight when dad gets home from work? It was a kickball game. It was a softball game. It was tag in the dark. It was catching fireflies. He was like, it was, and he was like, it was the best summer of my childhood Mm -hmm. ever, ever. And so, I'm certain, and we ought to rotate the kids. Have our yeah. one, one day they're here, one day they're yeah. here. One, yep. Yeah. Because they'll be okay if they got something else to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But my kids will bitch to high hell. But we never. If, back the, in the funny day, thing was, though, today our kids were certain that, and I told them flat out, they were like, Mom, what are we going to do? And I said, Here's the thing. I said, If you walk in this house and tell me you are bored, I said, I'm finding chores for you. I said, Go outside, go play. Or you're coming in this house and doing chores. Court and Josie disappeared off, played for... Did they band together in hatred for you like my kids well, do? Well, <laughs> that's my hoe. They were had a wagon and I don't know what else. I, mean, I don't care yard. if they lay in a swimming pool. I don't, I don't care yeah, what they do. I don't I, care what they do, but keep your ass out of the house. Put I'm the tent up. Be like... Who was it? Our friend Allison, her aunt mm-hmm. or somebody had seven kids and she would uh, give them a... A box of saltine crackers, a pitcher of iced tea, and a roll of toilet paper, and send her seven kids outside and lock the door. And mm-hmm. be like, don't come back yep. till I call you for supper. Mm-hmm. And they probably had a great and summer. And they were fine. They had yeah. the best time of their entire life. Absolutely. Now, okay. if we do this, there is no helicoptering. No. Looking out the window every three minutes. Where's the kids? Where's the kids? They'll be fine. They'll be no, fine. No, I'm fine with that. As long as they're our kids versus daycare kids. Because the daycare kids, I have dealt with. Well... Yeah. That's my job, literally. Well, they can come to our house, and I'll let them go feral. <laughs> the <Yeah>. daycare kids? <laughs> no, I'm talking about your oh, kids. No, my daycare kids. kids. Yeah. My, my kids, I'm fine your with. Your daycare kids would have to sign a, a, like, <laughs> yeah, a waiver. To, yeah, a waiver. Yeah. We're going to go feral yeah. over at Kelly's yeah. house. No, my daycare kids, I have to be way more on top of. Yeah. My, my kids, I'm like, get out, out of the of house. Here. I do not want to see you for three hours. Yeah. And if I do you... Doing but we we all complain that. about it, which our kids are not allowed devices till seven o'clock in the evening, and usually by what nine nine thirty mm-hmm. they got to get off, mm-hmm. and then they might watch TV till ten o'clock till they go to bed. But as far as having a device, whatever, it's over. You know, we all complain about well, that's all these kids do, but, but we let them do it. Yeah, that's true. so it's time. But to, we do it. Yeah, but once again, not during Amish week, right? But once again, I'm the head of the household. If my dad wouldn't have sat and read the newspaper the whole time but told me I had to go do something, I don't say, well, all you're doing is reading the newspaper. Yeah. I once agree. again, I would have got the foot I in my agree. ass. Because yeah, guess what? You only try that once. Yeah. Right. 
I was the one who was at work all day. If I want to come home and lounge around and do something, I agree. That's fine. And I will agree with that. Okay. Amish week. Oh. If any of you listeners want to get involved in this, maybe we can start a new trend. Amish well, week. The, what, Amish week challenge. We have yeah. to pick a week. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then the Amish, they got to do modern man week. <laughs> 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 Which, of course, they're probably not listening. But no. anyway. <laughs> I mean, you you guys got horses. You can take this to the tenth power. It's pretty easy to go Amish if you take the horses and go horse camping. Those places are pretty primitive. That's the one place my daughter and I get along. So that might be that might work out. This could be the summer you guys reconnect. Amish week. We we do usually connect over that deal. We usually in twenty years she'll look back and say Amish week changed my My life. life. Yeah, my parents made me do it. I hated it, but my dad and I bonded, and we have been tight ever since. Of course, he put a foot in my ass the following Monday. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't ride my horse because he yeah. kicked me in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like Amish Week. I'm fine with it. I'm with it. I'm, I'm on board. I can All do right. it. You're not here first. It's a new trend. Now, just, but you have just to, to clarify. eat whatever I make, Anthony. Right. Oh. Just to clarify, though. Oh, that, yeah. Putting down the we, gauntlet. We, we can still use lights. We're not going full no. day. We're, not full we're showering. We're, we're, we're showering. showering. It's more showering. Midnight Week. We're going to call it Mennonite. Yeah. 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 If you need Mennonite. to eat something up in the microwave, that's fine. Yeah. But it has to, no pizza rolls. That's fine. No, but I'm going to preface this by Lesser saying, homemade. because after I got Lyme disease, it changed something. Because like when I had it, like I could be laying clear in the bedroom and she could make toast at the toaster. And it felt like my head was, I mean, my smell, my sense of smell was like off the charts heightened. Like if she'd be frying taco meat, it was yeah. it just turned my stomach because it was like it was in your face, and my taste buds were the same way. But she can never leave something the same. I don't like change. She always has to mix it up. I'm just oh, trying uh, to make it better. I'm with you, Carol. I never, make it I'll never make it the same way twice because I, I always want to move it up a level. I right. want to just make it better. I make good chili, like but I'm that. looking to make phenomenal choice. I'm I'll, always I'll take a bite of mac and cheese, and I'm like, "What'd you do to it?" Yep. Oh well, I use skim milk, or I done this or that. I'm like, "I'm done. You changed it. I'm not eating it." Don't change it during Amish week. Caroline, during Amish week, you and I will eat together. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The fear of change people over there. Heaven forbid I try something better. The real Amish in the room can have their things (laughs) just like their parents made it for them in the 80s. Like, heaven forbid we season something a little different than we did last time. I'm going to add a little more salt and pepper. And he's like, I'm done, I'm out. I didn't complain saying, well, next time you make this, try to change it up a little bit. It tastes like shit. (laughs) I didn't say that. You made it fine, so don't change it. I don't... You like Jack's pizzas? You always give me shit about eating okay, Jack's pizzas because so they're consistent. They taste the same every single here, time. Here's your reference for you. Okay. Whenever you farm and you have a field, are you going to farm it the exact same every year? Or are you going to try to make it better? Try to get a better crop? You pretty much farm it the same way every year. Try to... But isn't your goal always to try to get more off of that? Sort of. Sort of, yeah. So whenever I make a recipe, I'm like, oh, no, this is a good recipe, but can I make it better? Yeah, it could be great. Can I make it more tastier? Can I make it just like, oh, Right, but very seldom in farming do I think, well, man, I'm going to knock it out of the park with this one, and then it's a fucking train wreck. I... How many times have I made a recipe You just train wreck? You just told everybody you you won't eat it when I make it, because you ruined the taste of it. Leave it alone. Leave it. But how many times is it a train wreck? I don't know. You're the one that was saying it's I won't not, ever eat it. So. It's not. It's never a train wreck. <laughs> okay. I'm just making it better. No, you're not. You're making it worse. <laughs> <laughs> 
If it ain't broke, don't fix it. We're getting divorced, by the if, way. If, <laughs> if everybody had that attitude, Carolyn, those recipes would have never got to where they are now. I know. Exactly. You're always... You you were just talking at the beginning of the episode. Okay. We need to do better. We're always striving to do better. I'm striving to do better with my recipe. When I go to McDonald's, the Big Mac don't taste different every time. Somebody in the back didn't say, well, I think if I'd done this, it'd taste better. <laughs> Same thing. Okay, go ahead, go. But that's how they came up with the Big Mac was they had a double cheeseburger, and they're like, I think we can make this better. Right, and then, and then they, they didn't keep the changing Mac. it every time they made it. Right. Okay, go ahead, go. Carry on. Okay, the problem with Nick when it comes to cooking, and I'm going to use the example of my mom's chili recipe. I taught Nick my mother's chili recipe, which is phenomenal. And he's tried to improve it, and and I'm good with it. Like, he adds a can of fire-roasted tomatoes to it. He does a couple of other things, etc. Some of the changes the family, the kids are good with. Some of them they're not. They're like, we don't like the chunks of tomato. And he's like, okay. But that means the next 10 times, I'm still going to put the fire-roasted tomatoes in there. But then I'm going to pretend that I forgot that you didn't like the fire-roasted tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And so no, I kind of figured if I'm paying for it, but I'm the one making it. And you're the one that's hungry. You'll work your way through it. True. And I am of the, the, the position of, I'm like, okay, there's four of us. If, if, four of us, if two of the four don't like the tomatoes... Just leave them out. Like, like because then all four eat it. Like, let's look at the percentage of people that eat it. That's 50%, right? Right. Two, two, okay. When I use that same analogy on you on things I would like to do, and I would say 50% of us <laughs> would like to do this activity. <laughs> it gets you over tell it. me that is not the majority. <laughs> hmm. So, Uh-oh. just saying, Uh-oh. you set the standard down, 50% is where we're at. So, do they, do they call that checkmate? Yeah. Go from chili to complete discomfort. I will leave the tomatoes out full well knowing that I will be doing some stuff later. Because I have absolute veto power yeah. in that area. Yeah, we all know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is a valid point, though. I mean, I'm just saying. Tony, 50% shut 50, the hell up. Yeah. Shut up. 50% is 50%. I'm over here not saying anything. <laughs> Technically, I'm like 60% anyway. I mean, well, yeah. Probably yeah. 70 if we get the scales out. Yeah, so, so yeah, I mean, yeah. you technically should have uh, just a yes. little, that much more of a vote. But I would think so. I would think so. You do bring up a valid point, though. Yeah. Shut the hell up. <laughs> well, on that note, we should probably, this one's probably gone long. Yeah, it has. We should probably wrap it, it up. Yeah. Yeah. Way too long. This one's gone this way good. Yeah. I would like to cut off at least 45 like, seconds ago. This was a good uh, half C <laughs> What? A half C podcast. Yeah, oh. half you guys. Half, half you, half Got us. Gotcha. By the way, I'm editing it out that last minute or two. (laughs) We'll leave it in ours. Don't leave it in theirs. Don't worry. It's okay. Our viewers will hear. Uh, Yeah, we'll send them over to yours for the edited version. (laughs) The made-for-TV version can be you. We're the Cinemax version over here. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, maybe we can get some more people in on Mennonite Week here, and we'll uh, see if we can make this a trend. I'm going to take you down on Mennonite Week. I guarantee you won't. That'll be an excellent week to build a pond back here and just set on the old dozer. And we'll do that, too. Don't have to worry about it. Do that, too. <laughs> we'll see who cracks, Miss Group Text. <laughs> yeah. I can assure exactly. you. Exactly. Oh, man. He likes it.
We'll see you next time. I'll do something.